Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to gethhhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another Hindsight Hacking episode with a very, very special guest, the one and only Mr. Blake Mallon. Now, for those that don't know him, Blake, he is a billion-dollar brand builder. Yes, I said that right, billion-dollar brand builder. Now, he is an expert marketing in marketing. He is a uh, TEDx speaker host of the popular show, uh, a live by design podcast, and so, so much more. Travels the world, speaking everywhere, teaching everywhere. And uh, one of my favorite TEDx talks in the world, Shift the Script. We're going to be talking about a lot because honestly, it changed the direction of both Ron and I. So Blake, man, I am so excited that you're here. We are so blessed to have you, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, happy to be here, Corey. You forgot the most important bullet in the bio, brother. The most wow. most important. The most important is I'm related to Ron Cool. I mean, come on. <laughs> the most important part of the bio. We've got family on the line here. Um, next time, and, uh, next time, I'll get that I, in there. <laughs> hey, uh, good to be here. I've been watching you guys ever since the inception of this idea, and just congrats on everything you guys have been doing and and the impact you've been making. It's inspiring. Uh, we appreciate it. So, Blake, obviously, yes, we are family. So, uh, I have learned so much through just connecting with you a little bit more. But before we get into that, why don't you take a brief couple minutes and just let the audience know a little bit more about Blake? Well, that can be a long answer, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, so for all of you guys, uh, Blake Mallon, good to connect with all of you. Uh, very easy to find online. So if we're not connected, say hello. Uh, but here in my home office in Southern California. So right now out of Pacific Palisades, nice little town right between Santa Monica and Malibu. And, uh, you know, married to my high school sweetheart. We'll be celebrating 21 years this year. Kind of crazy to think about it. And uh, two little ones in the household. So five-year-old son, Grayson, two and a half-year-old daughter, Sadie. Uh, been uh, a crazy time through the last 2020, 2021. Little ones in the house given quarantine and COVID and everything we've been um, going through. But uh, enjoying, you know, fairly new fatherhood and uh, that level of living. And, and obviously, Ron, you know, an, an entrepreneur now, primarily in the community-based marketing space, man, over two decades yeah. So coming up on 21 years as an entrepreneur and, and, uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey and, and still is. 
Well, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit more. Two decades. So you were 19 years old when you jumped in. And uh, so tell, tell, tell us, tell the audience, like, it doesn't matter when you start, what, what age you start, like you can do it, whether you're 19, whether you're 90, 91, like tell us uh, about that experience for you and, and why basically anybody can do this. Yeah. Entrepreneurship in, in general. So uh, for me, it wasn't like a door that was a, a epiphany opening or a life-changing moment. Um, you know, I was going to school down in San Diego. So a little quick context on my background. Um, for those of you that maybe did not grow up with business or entrepreneurship um, or any of this in, in your you know household or having those conversations at your dining room table, I, I can definitely relate. Um, I'll give you the quick snapshot by telling you that I grew up in a household where my father uh, was a police officer. So law enforcement his entire life, um, you know, highway patrol, sheriff, work for the state. Um, and my mom, an educator. Um, so a teacher, a counselor, and ultimately a principal. Um, and that's not the punchline of a joke. I, my parents were a principal and a cop. So you, you can feel for my pain for sure. Um, but I share that, Corey, because it gives you an insight. I grew up super, let's just say traditional, kind of follow the rules um, and went to school down in San Diego, UC. CSD uh, to what I thought was follow a path of law. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting looking back, but you know, I, I had the impression growing up that to be successful and we all want to be successful in, in my household, it was like, well, you're a lawyer or you're a doctor or you're a failure. You know, at least that's what I felt. I, I don't know if that pressure was literally put onto me, but that's what I was, you know, felt at the time. So yeah, I was going to school at UCSD, um, getting degrees, political science, public law, psychology, and uh, fell into entrepreneurship, man, total random accident. You know, you can call it serendipity. I, I don't believe anything happens um, by coincidence. Uh, and for me, it, it actually started, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this story. It actually started on an AOL instant message. Do you guys remember A-O-L-I-M? Do you guys remember that? Oh my gosh, yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, hey, we're dating ourselves here, but hey, back when we had AOL, you right. got mail, America Online. I was sitting in my dorm room uh, one night and and I had someone hit me up on, on instant message that I had gone to high school with, um, an acquaintance, not like a great friend, but someone I, I had a relationship with. And, you know, I, all kidding aside, Corey, this was literally the question. I got an uh, instant pop up in front of me on my computer screen. They just said, um, you want to make some extra money. That's it. Full stop. Right. Um, to which I replied, sure. Um, to which they replied, awesome. Show up at this place at this neighboring college um, later this week at this time at this place to which I replied, okay. And I, I kid you not, that was the full AOL instant message. I had no idea what I was getting my into. And in hindsight, I don't really know what I was thinking. Like, like that could have been anything like late <laughs> night college campus. You want to make an extra quick buck show up, but I've never been one that was like a natural skeptic. I'm not a cynical person. I am a believer of people by nature. And I was like, okay, sure. Sounds good. I know this guy. And uh, yeah, long story short, ended up, um, showing up to a conversation and and, uh, and really opening my eyes for the very first time to any sort of kind of entrepreneurial venture um, and ended up pulling the trigger, not as like a life 
altering event, but hey, this looked like something fun to do. The people seemed, you know, motivated, inspiring. And, and you know, quite honestly, I was putting myself through school um, and anything that could have helped me, you know, pay for some of the student loans to graduate with less debt, I, I was open to. And uh, yeah, that was the first door that opened to a uh, window of opportunity, I guess, that started my road of entrepreneurship. That's the true story. Oh my gosh. So that is, again, nothing by happenstance or coincidence. So that's amazing. You know, so I, I've been following the walk with me things you've been doing, which has been amazing, but I, I want to touch base on your Ted talk. So that was the thing that like, just got my attention. Like I, I had the entrepreneur bug for years, did, did a bunch of different things, but you know, that's when we were about to have our third child and we we're like, Oh my gosh, what should we be doing? right? Is this the life that I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing this and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to show people. So I remember I called Corey. I was like, at that time we worked together. I was like, come to my office and we shut the door. And I was like, just, just watch this. <laughs> that that's, I don't know if we've even told you that story, but you know, we're working on like, just, just watch this. And he's like, oh, okay, I don't know if my wife's going to let me do anything like this, right? Because that was something that she had some bad experiences in the past. And I was like, but if you think about the actual contents of shifting and how it's shifted from here, you know, to 40 years ago, and I think we're in this amazing shift right now where people used to do things in person, used to do things in conferences and getting together. Now they're online. So this shift is so relevant, like right now. And your talk was done. When was this two years ago? Yeah. About two years ago. Yeah. And, and it put Corey and I on this trajectory of entrepreneurship that was perfect timing exactly when we needed it. And we've shared that Ted talk so many times. And, and I love the behind the scenes where you guys are walking through the door and, and getting up on the stage, but I kind of want to take you right back to then. How did it feel knowing you were about to go on that stage and deliver a message that could outlast you? Ah, that just, that was profound. He just gave me chills. Um, <laughs> And uh, no, I appreciate the the kind words. And, and obviously, Ron, I remember we were in pretty close conversation back then. And I know you were in kind of a, a pivot point in your life. Um, and it just makes me feel awesome to know that the conversation helped me with that shift. You know, that was the intention behind it. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting story. So uh, the TED Talk at a high level, awesome experience. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the TED organization, the TED platform. And for those of you guys that watch this or listen to the, the podcast, you know, check out TED. It's just an amazing just library of inspiring thought leaders and ideas. Um, definitely something to add to kind of your, your personal growth regiment for sure. Um, but I actually knew some of the organization that was helping host the event uh, right here in L.A. So that that was actually uh, hosted by the Watts Empowerment Center here kind of uh, in Los Angeles, kind of deep Los Angeles. And uh, it's a great organization. They do so much for the community. And we're talking like inner, inner, inner city. Um, and they do a lot for a next generation um, of our youth that, quite frankly, are in environments that, that might lead them in the wrong direction if, if they didn't 
didn't have someone to help them make a shift. Um, so it's an amazing organization. They hosted the, uh, the TEDx and, um, yeah, I got the invite, uh, man, I actually got the invite to give that conversation with a little over a week's notice. Um, which, which is crazy. If you think about it, like I, I know people that prepare, years um to stand on the red circle and and the experience can be rather nerve-wracking like you have one shot 18 minutes or less live audience and it is forever captured on <laughs> the right. internet right. Right, as your message to the world and, and it can definitely be nerve-wracking but to be really honest with you ron even with um the invite obviously my, my instant reaction was yes without hesitation you have the honor of standing on that red circle and delivering an idea you're passionate about you say yes and then you figure out how um and to be honest the, the message came rather fluid it took a lot of work don't get me wrong like i was stressed for a week um uh but it came rather fluid because it really was my story my passion, my belief system that I'd been obsessing over, right? Just to be really direct for most of my life. Um, so it wasn't a new thought or a new idea. It was literally something I'd been focused on and thinking about and reflecting on in my own life and applying to my own life. And then obviously as an entrepreneur over the last 20 years, sharing a lot of the principles and philosophies with the entrepreneurs I work with. Um, so it was really just organizing something that, that I already had in my head. Um, and I guess piggybacking, you know, the, the question of, you know, what's it about or where's the story? And it goes back to the moment I shared Corey of, of the door that opened to entrepreneurship. That was the door that opened it. That wasn't the shift moment, right? That was, <laughs> that was where I was like, okay, this is a new group of people. Um, but the Ted talk actually begins with sharing my story. That was the first kind of shift moment for me, um, where I didn't just, start a business in my dorm room or, you know, uh, begin, you know, a, an entrepreneurial venture, but where I actually made the decision that that's the path I was going to move on. Um, and I remember it super clearly. It was actually uh, right after my sophomore year. So summer of my sophomore year in college, um, I was interning for a district attorney's office out in Ventura County, California. And it was like the cliche, horrible, what you would expect interning for an attorney. I was literally spending every day filing giant manila folders um, for these attorneys, like hating where my time was going, but telling myself, well, this is, you know, the price I have to pay, right? This is what I got to do to build my resume. This is just, you know, how it's done. And there was a, a, a moment in my life where someone who was kind of a mentor figure, um, probably sensing that I was just frustrated, um, miserable. Like all my friends are having fun with their summer vacation and I'm filing freaking manila envelopes. And he just stopped me and asked me like a super simple question. He said, Blake, why are you doing it? And I don't know if any of you guys have ever had a, a simple question or words from another just hit you like a ton of bricks. Like it might as well been someone punching you in the gut or smacking you upside the head, but with words. And that was that moment for me because I didn't have a good answer. Um, and the only answer I had, and, and you've heard this, you know, Ron Corey in the Ted talk is, well, isn't this what I'm supposed to do? And that was that shift moment. That was me sitting there going, wow, am I really living my life for no better reason than it's what, um, I've been told I was supposed to do. 
And that was the awakening moment. That was the aha. That was the first shift, right? That was the wake up call, whatever analogy you want to call it, where I said, wow, you know, I've literally spent 19 years following a path without ever questioning, is it the right path? And for no other reason than, than the expectations of others. And that was it. I mean, that was the beginning of it. I shouldn't say that was it. That's, that was the beginning of the awareness that then led me to um, ask different questions, look at things a different way, find a uh, different environment and mentors, look for different vehicles, you know, that ultimately led to what is now a you know 20 year plus career as an entrepreneur. Um, but that, those were the first two moments. So I guess the first moment was the door opening, but the, that that shift moment was really the decision made that put me on on that path. And the rest of the TED Talk, we went off to go more into it, is is really explaining not just that story, but how all of us, um, many of us, I should say, um, have this what I call a script, and which is kind of short for like a prescription we've been given for how to live. And the TED Talk addresses kind of a global script. It seems like everybody I've ever met in every country around the world has been given. It's crazy we have this global script. Where it came from, um, why it doesn't work today, yet we're still following it, and then really transcends not just the global script um, of life, but how we're operating every day on, on all kinds of smaller scripts um, that we've been given by other individuals without ever really realizing, is this the right script I should be following for my own life? And then a framework for kind of how to shift that. So without giving away the, the TED Talk, you guys can just, if you search my name on the TED website or TED YouTube or go to shiftthescript.com, you can watch the TED Talk. But that's kind of the high level of you know the invite, the process of it, and, and then just the opportunity to to share my passion with the world. And I, I love hearing how people have used it in their own life to make the shift and do so every day. So I appreciate it. Yeah, Blake, it, it, I, I, it makes me want to go watch it right now, honestly. Like, it's it's really funny the the impact that had on, on both Ron and I. But, you know, I, I just remember Ron and I both, we grew corporate ladders. We went that direction. We, we enjoyed basically one piece of our jobs, which was helping people and coaching people and developing people, but we could have cared less about the rest of the job that had nothing to do with, with anything. And it wasn't for me for 100%. It wasn't until I saw your Ted talk and I was like, all right, I am done doing what I'm supposed to do. And now I need to figure out what I need to do, what we, what we really uh, were meant to do and how we can shift. And, and uh, so a, thank you for that. Uh, and then B, you had this, you you had already grown a company to a billion dollars at that point. You had already been coaching and teaching and, and developing people on stages around the globe. So one week to come up with that conversation, you know, and actually deliver it. And so that's my question. The delivery, you're, you're an expert on stage with how you deliver any message from, you know, I've, I've seen you speak on multiple stages teaching different things and you're an expert there 100%. So how do you, how did you get to that point? How did you become the master of the stage and uh, delivering your message with the right inflections and, and uh, just all that stuff with when you're teaching up there? Oh, I appreciate the compliments. Uh, I, uh, there's definitely people that are far more skilled than I, but it's, it is something I enjoy. I love, um, I love educating. You know, I love, I love teaching. I love empowering. I love inspiring. Um, so I appreciate that. And and you know, I guess the irony in Corey, I don't know if I've ever even shared this with anybody, but like people ask me that question, they go, "Where where'd you learn to do that? Is it natural?" Um, and exactly the opposite. Like growing up, I was so shy and 
maybe even to the point of like insecure or lacking confidence. Um, in hindsight, I, I look back and, you know, th- I was the kid in class that was like afraid to read out loud, you know, and the teacher was going a- around and like, like, don't call on me, don't call on me, don't call on me, don't call on me. Um, and that wasn't just like grade school. Like that was me through high school. Um, I mean, even through college, I remember sitting in there as a freshman year with all these smart people around me and my first classes, like having that uh, anxiety over just like reading out loud um, in a group. I remember uh, growing up and I, I used to get social anxiety just being around people. If I was just walking through the hall, uh, I would get social anxiety being around. So it's interesting looking back because I wouldn't say like it was a natural thing, um, you know, but just like anything else, you know, people always go, well, what class did you take or where do I go to get better? And I wish I had an answer because I didn't take that route. Like, I, I, you know, I know Toastmasters is a great organization. I know there's, you know, a lot of classes and, and master classes you can take. And I'm sure all of those will help and do amazing things. I've never participated in any of them. Um, for me, it's just been the old school methodology of do it over and 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 over again. Um, and I have, you know, I, I starting from one person that'll listen to small groups and living rooms that'll listen to, you know, small groups and hotel rooms that'll listen. And it just starts that way over and over and over. And repetition, you know, is the best teacher all the way to, yeah, the biggest, man, the biggest event I hosted, we uh, we took over the American Airlines Arena where the Miami Heat play and we had 18,000 people show up. Um, and the energy was just unreal standing in the center and, and having this full, full arena, um, and everywhere in between, but, uh, yeah, just like anything else, I'd say just doing it. And, you know, the guidance that I can say is just, you know, speak from the heart, you know, speak from the heart. When I get in front of a room, right before I get in front of a room, I don't care if it's a small room or, or an arena full of people. Um, I will take deep breaths. I will try to get out of my head, right. And into my heart. And I'll usually just have a conversation, you know, call it with myself or, you know, call it with, you know, God or the universe, whatever your belief system is. And I'll say, you know, look, allow me to connect, um, allow me to inspire, right? Allow me to make an impact today. Um, And that's kind of the conversation I'll tell myself before I have any conversation. And, uh, and then you just let it flow. And I've found that it's not about perfection. You know, I know you mentioned like, you know, whatever rhythm or voice tone, all that stuff, I guess is it's important. And I know the most effective speakers in the world probably spend a lot of time at that. I think more important though, than your delivery tools or techniques is, um, your intention. You know, are you out there speaking from the heart? Are you really trying to connect to the person? Um, Is the message you're delivering about you or is it really about them? Um, And I think if your intention is right, you can be imperfect. You can mess up, you can stutter, you can use clutter words, you you know, all that stuff will be forgiven Um, and vice versa. You can have all of that perfect. And if you don't have the right intention with where you're at, I don't think your message is gonna land where you want. So at least that's my philosophy. And, uh, you know, for those of you guys that are speaking in front of people, again, it starts with one, then maybe it's a couple, then maybe it's a couple more. where we all start everybody starts with an empty room before it fills and uh you know come with the right intention speak from the heart and and get in the reps and i I think you'll find yourself moving forward and your message will land on the right people oh my gosh that is so true i mean anybody that that follows you you come from such a genuine place of wanting to help somebody it shines through and that's why you have the impact on the people that you have impact with right so the message is relatable. It's very honest and true to 
your core values, which then draws people to you. And that is something that you don't see very often out there. You know, there's a lot of gurus that sell things, right? But you honestly go at it to help somebody get better at something that they want to do. And that's shines through and through. So that's amazing. But I want to talk a little bit about building brands. You are the expert, as far as I'm concerned, two $2 billion brands. So check, you've done that. Um, I don't know a lot of people that can do that. And you're building this amazing brand of your own, two of them, your personal and the Shift the Script brand. So give, give the audience just a couple little tidbits that they can use in building their own brand. Oh, I appreciate that. So yeah, most of my experience, I guess, in brand building is, is the more entrepreneurial, um, or say corporate right direction. So, you know, I started a company, oh man, 15, 16 years ago, uh, from an idea with some amazing partners, you know, you never get anything to that level or that size, um, by yourself. I mean, and and if you say, or think you do, you're probably lying to yourself and others. Um, so it's always a collective team and a collective effort. Um, but yeah, built a, an amazing company brand within that, um, a lot of product brands, um, have launched products primarily in the nutrition space, wellness space that have done a couple billion in sales, you know, worldwide, um, you know, weight loss and transformation campaigns that, that really inspired the whole challenge marketing craze. You know, I, I guess we're really one of the first that mainstream using a challenge to bring a conversation or a product to the world. And it, it was a hugely successful um, campaign for us. Um, so most of my experience for context, everybody listening has, has been in more that space. Um, but translating that into Ron, as you said, kind of a, a personal brand direction is newer for me. Um, and it is something that's still kind of spare time as a, as a, as a, passion project um, because my full time is still building brands working, uh, you know, with the company that I'm aligned with right now, we're doing amazing things in the ketones space, a technology and really a biohack I'm super excited about. So that's still where my, my time and my effort, and my energy goes. Um, but I have over the last years, as you said, spent a little time on in this personal brand space um, because it just hit me that today, like if you really are passionate about something, I mean, you want to make an impact your personal brand is going to amplify your ability to make that impact. You can have an awesome message, an awesome idea, an awesome conversation. It can be spot on the exact thing people need. But if you don't have a platform to get that message heard, right, that message is never going to make an impact if it's you know stuck inside a box. Um, so I do believe today, like, Building a personal brand um, is absolutely an intelligent strategy, no matter who you are, um, and no matter what direction you're in right now or what direction you want to go. Um, it's obviously something when it comes to a personal brand that is your asset for life because it is you, no matter what your current project is or will be in the future, right? You know, times change, things shift, right? Something starts, some things end. That's exciting. That's a part of life, but you are always going to be you. So the investment you make into building a personal brand, if done right, I, I think can can transcend any single point of your life or single project. It's something that can amplify everything you do for the, re- the rest of your time. Um, and that's the conversation I'm not just having with you. That's the conversation I had with myself, right? So that's where I was like, I really got to spend a little bit of time at, at least getting myself out there so I can 
do what I want to do. And again, goes back to the intention of just making an impact on people's lives, waking people up, showing people there is another way. Um, so I, I say that just for, for those of you guys out there that are contemplating, like, should I, let me give you your answer. Yes. Okay. Uh, when should you, let me give you your answer now. Uh, if, if there's anything that, that if I could go back and tell myself, like, I wish I would have started earlier, but I was the individual that was so overly focused on my traditional business. You know, I didn't want to take even a minute away from my company to build my brand. And initially I would tell myself like building my brand is time away. I'm not building my company. And I had to shift that script in my own head to no, 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 no taking the time to build your personal brand actually amplifies or multiplies the effect or influence you can have on your company. And that is a shift I had to make as well. So for those of you guys that are listening out there, you know, again, if you're looking to make the leap, right, you should, if, if you're like me and you're already, you know, full time, over time, passionate about a company, a business, a direction, and you're contemplating maybe, you know, spending some time on the personal brand level, I wouldn't look at it as in competition to, I would look at it as a way to amplify what you already do and will do. Um, so that's kind of the, the strategy. And, and then, you know, what you guys do, you guys are experts. I mean, I, I, I know you have people all over the world now coming to you to help with the tools and the platforms and how to do it. I mean, there is a system. So, I mean, you guys have kind of dialed in the system of it. And, uh, you know, for me, I guess it's two things. It's, it's how do you amplify you, right? So you don't have to figure out a brand. You just have to do the reflection of who are you, right? What is the message you want to bring to the world? You got to get in tune with that, which you don't have to create. You already are, right? It's just a matter of, of you know, getting in touch and clarifying. And then you partner up with obviously, you know, experts like you guys that can then wrap the systems, the tools, the steps to get that message out to the world. So I don't know if that answers your question, Ron, but that's kind of my thoughts real quick on kind of why, kind of how, and, and maybe, you know, the first steps for those contemplating. That's perfect. Yes. All right. So Blake, everyone that listens or watches hindsight hacking, they usually hear me ask about hindsight, but I'm going to flip it a little bit. I'm going to give three questions, throw you a curveball. Oh my goodness. Rapid fire. Okay. Go back to about your values. So I'm going to ask you uh, basically in hindsight or give us a reason why these are your values um, because of uh, hopefully something that happened in the past that you're like, Oh, nope, that doesn't work. That doesn't fit. That uh, is going to be better in the future. Uh, and so kind of along those lines. So why faith over fear? They can't coexist, right? So I don't believe that faith and fear can coexist at the same time. So one is always going to be in charge. Problem is for a lot of us, especially now, like there's just a lot of stuff that can trigger a lot of fear response and rightfully so. Like I'm not saying that that's unexcused. Like it's totally rational. There's so much stuff out there myself included that constantly triggers a fear and you guys fear comes mass in a lot of words right a a uncertainty a stress an anxiety a depression an unknown right we mask all these different terms that at the end of the day if we get to the root it it, it is a fear um and in my experience the only antidote to that feeling is a faith now, I, I, mean, I don't want to turn people off. I want to be mindful and respectful of everybody's um, spiritual beliefs. But I do believe that at the end of the day, we all should have some faith in something greater than ourselves. 
um, whether you call that God or the creator or a source or the universe or insert whatever language you want to use. I think a belief in something greater than ourselves and, and a faith that whatever that belief system is for you will never give you something you can't handle, um, that everything put in front of you is designed to make you better, that even the things that we don't want doesn't mean it's not the things that we need, right, to maybe make us more of who we're meant to be. Um, I think that type of belief system can only serve you. Um, and we get to choose our belief system, right? I mean, we get to choose it. It's a choice on, on what we believe. So why not choose faith over fear? You know, and, and if I were to, to back up and just keep it really simple, like if you could have one or the other, like why would you live in fear when you can choose to, to live in faith? You, you have that choice. So that's kind of my thoughts around that value. Right. And then, and then again, like family first, right? You, you have your high school sweetheart, I'm sure growing billion dollar company, you made you chose business first, right? Like I'm sure there was times where you, you're like, oh, I need to switch this or, or maybe you were way better than us or me and you never made that issue. But like what, uh, I know that's a value now. I know that obviously you, you've got the family around you uh, in the house probably at this moment. But uh, yeah, family first. Tell me about that one. Um, so to answer your question, no, I mean, I, I was the epitome of the overachiever, do, do, do workaholic, overly obsessed, go, go, go for a long time, Corey, like a long time, like 15 years straight. And like, when I say straight, I mean, literally straight. And I'm not going to say that doesn't work because it worked, you know, for what my intention was at that time, like it worked, you know, I, yeah, I made my first million by age 25, right? I, 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 I did that tens of times over before I was 30. Ron, you said it, I, I built a company with an amazing team and partners that, that did billions of sales before I was early thirties. Like most people would say, check, check, check. Like that's the goal list. Um, and I don't say that like to brag, I just say it to like, for those of you out there that are in the grind right now and you're putting in the time and you are sacrificing. Um, I just want you to, to know, I don't know of any other way to collapse time and, and multiply your results if those are your goals. I did that too. And I just want to say it, it got me to where I thought I wanted to go. Um, and I don't want to sugarcoat that you can get there without sacrifice and hard work. I don't know another way. It does take all of that. But there's a but, right? And, and the but comes with, maybe what you don't want to hear, and this is just my experience, it, it may not be your truth, it's my truth. Um, and it goes back to, man, I, I followed a script for 19 years of my life, and then I made a shift to entrepreneurship. Shoot, I spent the, the next 10 years thinking I shifted off the traditional script, but man, I just followed another success script, didn't I? And I followed the script of go, 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 do, 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 never call in sick, sacrifice, sacrifice. You can always do more, right? And I got the results that I thought I wanted. But then got to the top of that mountain and realized, man, something's still missing. Like th there's got to be more. A and some of you that have achieved maybe different levels of success in your life, and I'm sure many people that are listening have, you probably can relate that you get there and you thought you told yourself when this happens, you know, you'll feel this way and it doesn't. 
And I don't want to give you or ruin right your punchline, but for those of you guys that are grinding and striving right now, and you think that getting that result, that paycheck, that business goal, if you think that's going to be the end, I'll be on. I'm just here to let you know in my experience, it isn't. Um, it helps, right? L lifestyle helps, money helps, quali quality of living helps. You'd rather have it than not for sure. Uh, you deserve to find that out for yourself. But I think at the end of the day, what we all eventually realize um, is quality life comes down to quality relationships. Um, it comes down to the people we surround ourselves with. It comes down to the, the people, right, that are with us every single day, regardless of the scoreboard. And, you know, hopefully we all have close friends in proximity that are that for us. Um, but our inner circle for all of us, you know, for most is our family, right? Our family is the ones that are with us unconditionally on the good days and bad days, the highs and the lows. Um, and for me, I had to come to the place to realize, you know, wow, that is a priority. It's not a distraction, right? Spending time with your significant other or spouse is a priority, just as if not more important, right, than your business. Spending time with your kids, right, is the priority, if not more important than others. Um, so for me, Corey, it didn't come naturally. It, 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 it's something I've had to learn and, again, shift in my own mind. Um, and it's something that, you know, I'm loving, like I love spending time. I, I think, you know, if there's a blessing of COVID and quarantine all last year is I've been able to spend more time with, you know, my family and my kids at such a precious age. It's crazy and loud in the house all the time. <laughs> um, you know, but, but, uh, that's why I put family first. It's, it's a reminder for me. And I, I think it's something that, you know, especially us overachievers out there and entrepreneurs, it'll burn the candle at both ends. We need to remind ourselves like that is a priority and in many cases should be a higher priority. No, absolutely. And, and I think what's amazing is as you go through this journey, you start to realize, and I think you said it was happiness as an ROI, right? So how do you measure that ROI of happiness? And, and it's not money. Like we've, we've talked about this multiple times, Corey and I, where yeah, people do things for money, but if it's not a bigger, why you're doing something like the money's going to fade and you're not going to keep being able to impact people if you're doing things for money, because people will see through that. And so the happiness as an ROI, I think that's something that is huge. And, and you're right. I think COVID has got, you know, when it started, Corey and I had a conversation and Corey said, this is either happening to us or for us. And it's our decision. And so at that time he got, he got furloughed and, I was, I was still working at that time and we, we started grinding on what's now become our company because we had the time to, to put towards it. And now it's about creating the, the balance since we're at home and kids are at home and how do you balance all this craziness while you're working from home now, right? And, yeah. and instead of just transferring the 80, 90 hours you were working for someone else to working for yourself, which is very easily to do easy to do because you're passionate about it and you want it to be successful and it's fun and you don't consider it work for most entrepreneurs. How do you create, I guess, guardrails to live by where you can have family first and you can create clear cut stop points where you can say, okay, here is the stop point. I know I struggle with that. Yeah. It's a great question. And it's probably the question I get most often from entrepreneurs. Um, and I'll tell you first and foremost, I don't think there's a perfect answer. Um, and I don't think 
there's anybody out there that doesn't constantly struggle with balancing and adjusting. And I start by saying all of that, not to like get off the hook on the question. I'll give you what I've done that's effective. Right, right. But to, but to let everybody listening know it's okay to give yourself some grace, um, to let go of the guilt. Uh, because nobody is perfect and it's something every one of us, you know, you can say struggle with, right? Every single day to kind of find, you know, that balance because balance is a myth, right? I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect balance. I think we're, we're forever trying to counterbalance uh, to, keep, to keep going forward. Agreed, agreed. I don't, I've never met anybody that's like, oh, it's everything is perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but I think there are, I think there are tools, right? And, and I think it goes back and Corey was talking about values earlier and, and, um, I'm a very just values driven person. And I think most of us are, and I think it starts with getting in touch with really what we do value um, and getting clear on that because although we all have personal values, we value different things. And I think everyone has to start with asking themselves, okay, really like where are my, where's my values at right now at this point in my life? Like, you know, I got, I got this exciting passion for this entrepreneurial, you know, focus. Awesome. That's a great thing. Like, where is that like in your priority list? Right. Uh, I have, you know, maybe you still have a job or career that is paying the bills and keeping a roof over your head. You guys, awesome. We got to be grateful that it's paying the bills. Like, where is that in the priority list? Um, you have a significant other, or maybe you're, you're dating, or maybe you want to find that person and that's high on your list. Obviously, if you have kids, that's a whole new level, family, friends, social. I think it starts with getting kind of a full scope, right? Of what are the things that are important um, in our life? And as simple as it sounds, like you write them down. You know, we, we, we wake up in the morning, we write down all the stuff we want to do. We got our to-do lists all over the place. Like, sure, take the same amount of time to write down like, what is the value system that you want to operate your life by? So it starts by just making a simple list. Um, then, I, then I would also then ask yourself the question, because everything has to translate to time, right? So it's not just conceptually, these are the things I want to do, but like, let's be real. There's 24 hours in a day. Um, and just because something is important doesn't mean that it's going to require or be able to receive the same amount of time. Like you may see like your kids are the most important thing, but practicality, right? Might mean you got to put food on the table, roof over their head, clothes on their back, things to provide, right? You might need to spend more time quantity wise, right? On the way that you're generating that. And you guys, that is okay. So what do you value? What's the priority? What's the time kind of percentage wise of your life, your week, your month, that you see needing to put in. And it's a target, right? It's a target. Most people are, won't even do these steps. They won't write down the things they value and they won't create kind of a target time map, right? Of where your time wants to go because they're already afraid they're gonna fail. Guys, you being afraid you're not gonna do it and refusing to write them down, right? Means you already failed because you don't even right. have a target. This isn't about perfection. It's about progress. So list them out put the time, you have a target, at least something to strive for. Let's take it one more step further and get more tactical. Calendar, all of it. And I do, right? I, I, I have my phone here, right? I live my life by my calendar. Not my job, my career, my business, my work, my entrepreneurial ventures, my life. Yes, all my business activity is for sure in the calendar but so is my family time. So is my personal time. 
right? So are the things that I find important. They get into the calendar because in my experience, if you don't schedule it, right, not only is it never going to get done, it's even worse. You're going to find that other people schedule their priorities for you. And a lot of people's other priorities are not necessarily your priority. I don't know if anybody out there can relate that like schedules are always full. It's just a matter of who's filling them. So those would be the steps, Ron. I know it sounds simple, but like, yo, what's important to you? Okay. Practically, you know, thinking practically, how much time, right? Are you going to carve out toward those things? Getting tact, you know, getting down to the tactics, plan it in your calendar, right? And then adjust from there. And it's okay if you're not perfect, but adjust from there until you got something where you feel good about where you're investing your life. So I don't know if those little hacks, you know, are what you're looking for, but those are, those are the starting points that I've found are effective for all entrepreneurs. Love it, Blake. All right. So let's talk, let's talk about your podcast, your, uh, you know, what is it? Walk with Blake, walk with me, uh, series that things that you Alive do by design, right? Is well, the podcast is his Instagram lives is isn't it walk with me. I love those. Yeah, you guys are both right. So Alive by Design is the podcast. You can find it on all podcast platforms. And I just use it as a platform to deliver different series. But yeah, one of the series on there are the Walk With Me episodes, which I just do live on my Facebook page. And they're literally me walking in the morning at the end of my morning runs with some inspired thoughts. So that's some of them on the podcast. And also uh, bring inspiring thought leaders, guests, interviews, and so forth. So kind of a, a combination. Um, but yeah, I started it during uh, COVID, during during quarantine last year. And, and it's been a, an awesome project for sure. All right. So I, I love all the stuff you were talking about. There's one thing that you and I talked about that resonated with me that actually was part of the catalyst for me to be able to leave my job. Because you said, Ron, you have to have a runway. Before you leave anything, you have to create a runway of money in the bank so you're not stressing out about money. And and that resonated with me so much. I remember Corey's like, okay, let's let's go. I was like, runway's not there yet. And I would say that over and over again. And, and I remember when I was talking to Rachel, I was like, hey, here's the runway. I feel good about it. We'll be okay for a little while. And then we'll just keep adding to that runway and, and we will keep adding to it. But obviously everybody that's listening to the show has no idea what I'm saying. So I'm going to let you, if you could explain a little bit about a runway for people. So before they leave their job, make sure this is in place. Yeah. So for context, Ron's talking about a financial runway. In other words, um, if you're out there and you, you're contemplating making the leap into entrepreneurship, like you have the itch, you know, you want to make the shift. Maybe you're not happy with where you're at. Maybe the whole COVID pandemic mess is forcing you to reinvent and adapt like so many people right now. Again, you know, we can talk about passion, which is important. We can talk about impact, which is important. We can talk about all of these inspiration. All this stuff is important, but we also have to be realistic. Well, again, there's life, there's bills, there's expenses, there's responsibilities, and you can't just jump off the cliff without a parachute. Um, or I wouldn't recommend it for most people. Um, so a, a, financial, a financial runway is just how long can you go, right? If, if, if income stops, how long can you sustain your level of living? 
Um, you know, and, and for many entrepreneurs, we reduce our footprint, right? If, if we're going to make that leap, we try to get our level of living, our head above water, right? You know, income level as low as possible to extend the runway as far as possible to give us the amount of time to get our passion to, to work. Right. Um, and you gotta be real with yourself on, on what that looks like. Uh, and you gotta also be real with yourself, right. On, on how you respond in certain situations, self-awareness is everything not just in business, but in life. And, you know, goes back to uh, everybody's fear response falls into, you know, fight, flight, freeze. We all do it, right? Anytime we get triggered, some of us, our instant reaction is to fight. We become the aggressor, right? You know, some of us, our reaction is to, to flight, to run, to, to hide. Some of us, our reaction is to freeze like deer in headlights, frozen by fear, don't know what to do. And you might have different triggers that trigger different ones of each of those, but you got to be real with yourself. And I say that wrong because it's not a universal decision for like, hey, here's what you do as an entrepreneur. Because I've worked with entrepreneurs that their trigger is fight. Right. And when their back is against the wall and they have a short runway, they actually excel. They perform higher. Their urgency moves them like they actually can can multiply their results. Right. Because that's just their nature and their response. But I've also worked with people that the minute they get that, like, you know, it's run, hide, curl, and they almost become ineffective at trying to move forward. And I also work with people that just freeze, like completely freeze. And it's like, you can't do anything. And none of those is bad. So guys, there's not one better or the other. It is our nature. It is human. It is like hardwired in our biology. Okay. So again, this is not a guilt thing. Nobody's better than the other. Um, but it's a self-awareness thing. Know yourself. If you're someone that, hey, backs against the wall, you perform better. You can get away with a shorter runway. If you're someone is back is against the wall and you flight and that means, guys, you better have a longer runway. Otherwise, you're not going to have the confidence and the certainty and the conviction that's going to be needed to move you forward. Um, so you got to be real with yourself. And then from there, you just got to do the math. Here's your bills. Here's your dollars. Here's what you need. Here's how you feel. Um, but I'll also kind of debunk the myth. Like I watch a lot of entrepreneurs go full time too early. You don't need to. You don't need to. I, I think Jim Rohn is one of my favorites, right? Jim Rohn, just a classic philosopher of our generation, of our time. He, he passed away a little while back. I had the actually privilege of being invited to his memorial. It was amazing to see every personal growth thought leader like in the world show up to honor him. I mean, just an amazing you know, thinker, but, but he, he, he goes and he says, and I'm going to butcher it because I'm not going to get it perfect, but he basically says, look, work, work full-time on your job and work part-time on your fortune. And if you do that long enough, pretty soon you can work part-time on your job and full-time on your fortune. And you do that long enough, pretty soon you can just work all the time on your fortune. So guys, there's nothing wrong with working full-time to keep the lights on. There's plenty of time in the day to get something going. You can start something spare time, part time. And we live in the gig economy right now. Like, I mean, there are so many things you can do to ramp something up. Um, and then when you have your income coming in and secure and your runway comfortable, now you can lower the hours and make the shift. So, again, 
easier said than done. Sometimes people are in situations they just want out of. They're toxic. They can't handle it. But we got to be real with ourselves. And I'll also say you don't need to like rip the Band-Aid off instantly, especially if you do have responsibilities and priorities and, and things out there. If you're younger and you're by yourself, like you need it might be easier, right? If you got family and kids and, and a mortgage, it might be a little more strategic. Um, but no matter who you are, what age you're at, there is a way, right? Just to be intelligent about it. Plenty of people have done it. Now more and more people are doing it regardless because of the situation we're in and people needing to reinvent. Um, and I think now is a perfect time if you have that feeling, right? If you know you want to make that shift, I, th I think it's a perfect time for people to become entrepreneurs. We know the world needs them. Yes, the world does need them. But I got I have one more question for you, Blake. And uh, first of all, thank you for your time today. It's been a blast. But uh, my last question for you, you you like to talk about intention, intentional living, uh, intention around everything you're doing, intention with your calendar, right? Like, tell me, tell us, tell the audience, uh, how, how do you get that out of people? How do you get them to understand like be intentional with basically anything and everything that you can do? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think all of us have intentions. I don't think it's a question of getting it out of somebody, right? We all have intentions of why we do what we do. I think it's more of just getting people to be aware enough to start asking themselves the right questions, um, to give themselves the answers they already have. They already have like, and, and just to go into everything and realize guys, it, and I say intentional living, let me qualify that. It's not just about intention. It starts there, right? It starts with, okay, what is my intention? And Corey, just to give a practical tool, I really believe it's as easy as asking yourself that question. Like I said it, I said it indirectly earlier, like before I speak with people, I, I get into, you know, what is my intention here? I actually start every day like that, you know, and, and I'm not making this up part of my morning routine. There is a, a part um, after my workout, I'm kind of, I go through, I'm a big fan of meditation TM, but it, when I'm done with all of that, I'll just ask myself, what's my three intentions for the day? And it'll vary day by day based on what's on my calendar for the day, but I'll just ask myself the question. And guys, your brain is a question answering machine. It's, that is how it works, right? If you haven't figured that out yet, you ask yourself a question, you give yourself an answer. <laughs> um, you true. can't help, you can't help, right? So you just ask yourself the question, what's my intention? It, it is as easy as that. So that's the beginning, but again, I'll qualify and say intention is the beginning, but it's not everything, okay? We gotta then back our intention up with intentional action and intentional living is that right so intentional living is being aware of the intention we're bringing in but then living our life in alignment with those intentions um and you know i think that's the goal for all of us and again i'm not here to say i'm perfect by any means i'm not i struggle with it every day i think everybody does but i think that's the game of life like be real and self-aware enough, right? Wake up enough to know, okay, this is the intention I want in the circumstance. And then work to live our life through action, activity, our example in alignment with those intentions. And at the end of the day, that's all we can do. Um, but if that's what we do do, I do believe you're gonna achieve results. 
because you're going to be excited and passionate and fulfilled about what you're doing, right? And at the end of the day, I think you're going to be happier in the outcome because you are living your life by your design, right? Not just by default. So that's what I mean by intentional living. And, and again, the simple is ask yourself, what is my intention? And then work to align your actions, right? With what you believe your intention is. I think that's the beginning. Oh my gosh, that is so good. So I know there's people out here, one, I want to thank you for your time. So I, I very happy you joined us today, but I know there's people out there like, Oh my gosh, how do I get involved with Blake? How, where can I find him? Can you give him a couple quick places that they can connect with you and get into your world? Yeah, guys, I'm super easy. So Blake Mallon, M-A-L-L-E-N on most social platforms. So if you, you're watching, I'd love to connect, say hello. If you got something from this conversation, honestly, I read all my DMs. So I mean, hit me on Instagram at Blake Mallon. Let me know what you got. Or if you share a story, give me a tag. I'll reshare it. Um, my Facebook page, profile and page, you know, TikTok at Blake Mallon, Twitter, et cetera, LinkedIn. So I'm everywhere. Find me on my name. And then, you know, we mentioned it a couple of times. I know this, this podcast is amazing and doing a lot of tools on marketing and branding. And I love the, the hindsight hacking. If you have room in your calendar for more inspiration on, on Alive by Design, it's really about exploring what makes us feel most alive, um, which dances on a lot of the topics we've talked about here. Um, so Alive by Design on, on most podcasts. And yeah, I'm available right now building a platform. If, if you're someone that knows you want to become an entrepreneur, you, you're looking for something, you need to reinvent, but you don't know where to start you know, hit me up. That's what I do for a living is I give people vehicles and wrap communities and mentors around them, right, to move forward. So if that's you and you know you want to go, but don't have a vehicle to get you there, you know, I would love to connect. Perfect. All right, Blake, thanks so much uh, for today and your time. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch soon. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. It's fun. Thanks, Blake. Whew. All right. So we have somebody you, you look up to and, uh, on your show, right? Like you got to right. take lots and lots of notes. I'm sure. I'm oh sure gosh. you've got a bunch over there for us. Uh, hopefully only two takeaways though. Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start with two takeaways. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's start with this. Um, I'm going to try to do it for the listeners so they can take some action tomorrow. So okay. takeaways. I'll watch the script shifting. Right. Start well, the talk. <laughs> that, that's a no brainer. Like if yeah. you haven't done that already, we've talked about it multiple times. The show notes are going to be in there. Like, come on. All right. So let's, let's do some exercises. So instead of takeaways, we're going to give you some homework. Ooh, different, different, write down your values. So that's going to be number one. Right. And then part of number one, the time map. I loved that. I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe that's what I need to do. So I'm actually going to challenge myself to do that. Then the other piece is work on your personal brand because that will not only amplify your business, but it's going to amplify your impact. And if you can amplify your impact, you've done what you were called to do. 100% agree. Uh, definitely on that one. But I have one more for those for those folks that have any fear. You can be shy, insecure, afraid to read out loud in a classroom to speaking to 18,000 plus people in an arena by just going and doing it over and over and over and over and over and just keep going. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. So, Such a good episode. I'm going to go listen to it again. 
Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. If you are watching this live, let us know your thoughts on any our in our group, on our profiles, on YouTube, or you know, if you catch this on the next few days on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or anywhere where you're going, leave us a review. Let us know what your thoughts were. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, as always, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. And uh, make sure you are speaking from the heart so you can impact who you're supposed to be impacting. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic and get more sales. That's right, Ron. And every time someone is in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks, and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcasts, your vodcasts, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.